This week's episode of the Get Back Coach is brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has fantasy betting and leagues that include over $30,000 in cash prizes when you bet on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place fantasy bets, not actual money, against real odds and lines. The most profitable bettors rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors, free to download. You can group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free, and when you're there, put in referral code BRAN13, that's B-R-A-N-1-3, that'll tell them that Jake sent you. On this week's episode of the Get Back Coach, we recap week five and talk about the winners and losers from the past weekend. And then look ahead to a week six preview. The playoff returns this week where we discuss the best quarterbacks in college football right now. All that and a lot more. All right, let's get after it. Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Branded Sports. I'm your host, Jake Myers, and what a weekend of college football. Um, College football is the sport of chaos, and there was plenty to go around this weekend. So first, let's start this off with the winners and losers of the week. And then we'll go on to some of the other games. Um, first, I think the biggest winner of the week has to go to the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, facing Notre Dame, beating Notre Dame handedly. Um, they were pretty much in control that entire game. Um, Cincinnati's defense, I thought, looked a lot better than I saw previously Indiana was able to put up points against Cincinnati, but the Cincinnati defense looked good. And I know Notre Dame's offense isn't great. I know Jack Cohn and Pine. I, I know there's there's a quarterback controversy going on there. But, I mean, Cincinnati looked good. Luke Fickle has built a fantastic program. Because remember, guy, and it's funny that um, Luke Fickle's going against Brian Kelly or went against – Brian Kelly, because Brian Kelly was the head coach at Cincinnati the first time Cincinnati was kind of jumping on the scene and really starting to compete with those power five programs. Luke Fickle comes in and, you know, people didn't really think that after Brian Kelly left Notre Dame, that Cincinnati would be able to exceed that expectation that kind of Brian Kelly left there. And Luke Fickle has done a fantastic job. Uh, this Cincinnati team is good. Uh, they should be in the conversation for the playoff if they go undefeated. But the, this this right here in Cincinnati is a very good football team. Um, we went through their schedule 
um, last episode. They're going to be favored in every game going out, but they just can't get snuck up on. Again, college football is the land of chaos. And as long as Cincinnati takes care of business and suppresses that chaos, they're going to be okay. And listen, the Pac-12 looks terrible. I mean, Oregon just lost. The ACC's bad. If there's going to be a year for a group of five team to make the playoff, maybe it's this year. Another big winner. Kentucky is 5-0 and with transfer quarterback Will Levis. And they just defeated Florida 20-13. to Kentucky plays tough, hard defense. They can run the ball successfully well. And listen, it doesn't have to be pretty. They just have to get it done. They struggled with Chattanooga. They struggled with South Carolina. Um, They're going to – they are the perfect team that everyone they play, no matter how good the other team is, they're going to play with them. But they're also going to play – um, you know, like I said, good defense, but they're going to run the ball a lot so that they don't have this prolific offense. They're going to slow the game down. So other smaller teams, it's going to look close. So what, what this means is that every game Kentucky is going to be in, it's going to be a dogfight. doesn't matter how bad the team is, how good the team is, but they're always going to have a chance. Uh, they're a dark horse to get into the SEC championship. But listen, even if they don't, the, the Wildcats aren't going away easy. This is a tough team. Uh, Mark Stoops has really turned around Kentucky football. And I got to take my hat off to the Michigan Wolverines. They are also 5-0 and with a convincing win against Wisconsin in Madison. Their defense looks great. They have a new defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. Uh I still – I don't know if I buy this offense. I, I really – I don't know if I buy this offense. Um, but their defense, I believe, is for real. They got some athletes. Listen, I don't think Michigan's going to win the Big Ten, but I do believe that they they at least have a chance. This is a good, solid football program. Um, I'm thinking Michigan – I'm thinking Michigan with nine wins. And, and again – it's the same thing we talk about every year with Jim Harbaugh. He's going to give you, what, eight, nine, ten wins a year. Is that good enough? I still don't think they're going to beat Ohio State. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to beat Penn State. But he's going to give you a chance. So Jim Harbaugh's teams are going to be good. They haven't met that next level. I think the big thing with Harbaugh is he hasn't beaten Ohio State. If he's at least – be in Ohio State every so often, and also winning nine games a year, I think he stays in. Uh, I think the people at Michigan would be okay. But the fact is that he just keeps getting beat by Ohio State, and that's and that's why people don't like him, or at least want him uh, to leave Ann Arbor. But five and zero for the Wolverines, they look better uh, with the defense with their new direction of Mac or sorry Mike McDonald. Um, some losers, uh, big one, Oregon losing to Stanford. Also hats off to David Shaw because Stanford looked terrible against Kansas state awful. And now beat USC beat Oregon, you know, 
Stanford is Stanford good? I I think they're solid. I think they're a solid program. But Oregon, they had it was all in front of them. It was all in front of them. All you have to do is win out and you're in the college football playoff. Win out. You are in a bad conference that you should win. You should be heavily favored in every game forward. And you just got to win. Easier said than done, obviously. They go to Stanford. They lose. And now, I mean, if there's a one-loss team from the Big Ten, a one-loss, obviously a one-loss team from the SEC, I mean, I don't know. I do think Oregon, their resume does help with that win against Ohio State and Columbus. That that is a big circled golden star on their resume. But the Pac-12 being so bad that it's 100% going to hurt them. So, I don't know. If they win the Pac-12, could they go in? Possibly. But again, if Cincinnati wins out, I'll put Cincinnati in there before Oregon. Another one, while you were sleeping, uh, Fresno State. Fresno State was looking to be the group of five team to challenge Cincinnati for a New Year uh, New Year's Six Bowl. They looked really good, beat UCLA, hung with Oregon. Jay Kaner has been amazing, and they lose to Hawaii. What does the ancient saying go? Never bet against Hawaii on the island. Although, although um, we sent that tweet out, and um, let me actually find let me find the let me find the actual tweet here. So I, I tweeted out um, the Hawaii interception at the end of the game. Uh, by the way, Jake Hayner threw four interceptions against Hawaii. Um, they lost 27-24. Anyway, the last interception where they were going in, the Fresno was trying to go in to score. I, I put the caption, never bet against Hawaii on the island. Um, interesting fact here from Jeff Nadu, because everyone says never been against Hawaii on the island. Since the start of 2015, Hawaii is 13-27 and 27 against the spread. Third worst home against the spread record in the country. That blew my mind because we all say it. Everyone says it. Never bet against Hawaii on the island. I just, I think Hawaii's been, been, hasn't been great over the years. And especially, I feel like they're mostly underdogs in these games. And the fact that they're not covering the spread um, is a bit of an eye opener. Of course, I you know, tweeted, I tweeted back, you know, never get the facts in the way of a good story, but you know, the dude's right here, you know, 13 and 27 against the spread. Eh. Narrative might be changing a little bit for Hawaii at home. Um, Next. Notre Dame. Now, please, Notre Dame, Notre Dame people, don't, don't kill me. Uh, this is not a bad loss for Notre Dame. So I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to say, you know, Notre Dame's terrible. They're awful. No, 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 that's not it. Okay. This, the, this is bad for Notre Dame. This loss to Cincinnati, 
because that the rest of their schedule, although looks good on paper before the season started, does not look good now. Um, they have to play Virginia Tech, USC, and UNC. And usually you think, okay, Virginia Tech, USC, very good football programs. North Carolina has had some success the last few years. But really, these are not good football teams. USC is not good. Virginia Tech is not good. North Carolina doesn't have a defense. So all I'm saying is to Notre Dame fans that you could very well go 11-1 and and there's going to be someone else with a better resume. And I'm not saying Notre Dame's bad. I think they're good. I think they're a top 12 team. And by the end of the year, they'll probably be a top 12 team. But if they're trying to get into the college football playoff, I think that ended with Cincinnati. Unless there's complete chaos and you have teams with two losses potentially getting in to the college football playoff, I I don't think Notre Dame gets in now. Just because USC, UNC, Virginia Tech, they, they haven't been playing well. So the resume isn't as good. And again, I'm not knocking Notre Dame. I I think they're a top 12 team. Kind of like what I said about Kentucky. Every game is going to be an adventure. Every game is going to be – every game is going to be tough. They're going to play up and down to their competition. That's how Notre Dame has played. Um, But – I just I just don't see them getting into the playoff now with a loss to Cincinnati. All right, around the league. Uh, Alabama embarrasses Ole Miss. I had Ole Miss plus 14 and a half. And did it, if you guys didn't check it out, Lane Kiffin had a very bizarre opening. Um, it was like a pregame interview on the field. I forget the reporter he was with, but um, she asked him about, oh, is there any sayings or is there anything, you know, that you have on the call sheet? And he said, and he, he just said, get your popcorn ready. And then she went for a follow-up question and he just walked away and he flipped the headset. He just flipped the headset off and just walked away like mid interview. Just was bizarre. And listen, I, I don't know. I'm coming around on Lane Kiffin, but he, I like his snarkiness on Twitter. I think it's great. And I think, again, he, he's a guy that can pull that off, but man, you get beat by three touchdowns. Ooh, not good. That offense was stagnant. I mean, again, Alabama's defense is, Alabama's defense is very good, but still, that's supposed to, that's supposed to be your bread and butter. Listen, Alabama can score field 42. We all knew that was going to happen, but we just thought the offense was going to show up. Georgia dominates Arkansas. Sorry, Arkansas. I, I said it on weekend winners. I said it last week on the show. Arkansas had a very emotional win. Usually when that happens, there's a letdown. The, the problem was the letdown was against Georgia, and Georgia's defense is scary good. I say it every week, and KJ Jefferson had nowhere to go. They had nowhere to go. Arkansas had nothing doing on the ground, and then Georgia's offense—you know—they were getting put in good situations, able to able to do it, man. With a backup quarterback, it's nuts. 
Georgia's good. I don't know if they're going to win the SEC. It's going to be it's between them and Bama. But this year, college football. I mean, like every year, there's a couple teams that are really good, and then there's a big drop off. This year, it's Alabama, Georgia, and everybody else. Clemson, not as obviously not as good. Ohio State has some defensive problems and a freshman quarterback, so they're not as good. Um, the good thing about Ohio State, though, is that they have NFL talent everywhere on offense except for quarterback and CJ Stroud might be an NFL guy by the time he leaves again he's 19 years old he's going to make 19 year old mistakes and defensively they they lost a lot of guys to the NFL but the guys they do have coming back are complete studs the quietest 5 and 0 team in America is Oklahoma State Oklahoma State is 5 and 0 they are good Their offense, which is crazy, but their offense is holding them back a bit. Um, Sanders is all right, but I don't know. There's something wrong there. But isn't it funny that years ago we used to talk about Oklahoma State and them just not playing defense, and now they they are playing defense. Like they're they are a very defensive team. They have been for like the past year. But Oklahoma State, good. I don't I don't think they're great. I don't think they're going to win the Big 12. But again, sneaky team, a good team. Might surprise some people at the end of the year. Here's another one. I'm going to be honest. I did not see this game. Did not see it. I fell asleep. It was 10 to 10. But at, at night, um, UCLA just gets dog walked in the second half by Arizona State. I have no idea what happened. Um, I saw LSU, or sorry, not LSU, sorry, UCLA um, was about to go in again, and I think they turned the ball over in the red zone. Anyway, man, Herm Edwards keeps delivering. Even when all that crap was going on, um, you know, thought people thought that that was going to be the end of Herm, that was going to be the end, uh, you know, a little bit of turmoil, but Arizona State keeps producing, and that's good. That's a good, that's a program that needs to do well in college football. But again, I had UCLA minus three. I am wrong again there. Auburn beats LSU in an ugly football game. Ugly. Bo Nix throwing up balls for touchdowns that make no physical sense. Just just the, the laws of physics do not apply. But Auburn is, you know, rallying around and getting after it and, and made it work against LSU. Um, do I think Ed Orgeron is on the hot seat? That has been a question I've been hearing. I don't think he's on the hot seat. He's definitely going to finish out this year. I'd give him one more year. This year's not good. Next year, if he doesn't get it together and you see it slipping, then you got to part ways with Coach O. And the problem with that is he'll go somewhere, but Who's going to hire him? Or, or sorry, not that. Someone will hire him. But he he's perfect for LSU. He is a he's a Cajun man himself. And they love it at LSU. If it ain't going to work at LSU, I mean, it did because he won a national title. But if it's starting to go in the tubes at LSU, can he go anywhere else? He was a disaster hire at Ole Miss. A disaster hire at Ole Miss. So I don't know where he goes. I don't know. 
So, oh, Texas A&M. Texas A&M. They are hurting right now without Haynes. I, I feel bad for Calzada. He's a young kid. I think he... He was thrown into a situation that he was not ready for. And it's holding that team back. Um, it really is. That that defense is good, but they, they can't be staying on the field for as long as they can. They, they're, of course, the, the other team's going to score. That's how Mississippi State won. I, I think Calzada can be a good quarterback in the future. I just think he just doesn't have it right now. He's just too young. Too young. Um, I feel bad for the kid because it looks like the kid really cares. I have been seeing a lot of good tweets about um, trying to lift up Calzada from the Aggie faithful, which good for you guys. But it's it's going to be rough for Texas A&M. And I think it's, it's because they lost their starting quarterback. Um, I don't want to say it's Calzada's fault, but it's them losing King. That that hurt them. That really did. All right, let's take a look here. Let's take a look. All right. Preview and leans for week six. Now, again, these are leans. I'm not saying I'm picking them yet. These are just some leans. Some, some of the bigger games going on. All right. Oklahoma is a minus three and a half favorite over Texas. I do like Oklahoma here. I still believe in Oklahoma. I think their offense is going to figure it out. Their defense has been solid, except for that ugly two-lane game. But it's been solid. I don't think Texas has a defense good enough to keep up. Um, I think Oklahoma is going to get uh, a couple stops when they need to. Ole Miss, minus four over Arkansas. Listen, both these teams got their ass kicked, and now they're going to play each other. Ole Miss is right now a four-point favorite over Arkansas. I think some people are still kind of on that Arkansas train. I think Ole Miss wins this. Um, I think Ole Miss's defense is better than what people give them credit for. I think Arkansas's offense isn't as good as people are. Sorry, I don't think Arkansas's offense is as good as people think. And I don't think Ole Miss's defense is as bad as people think. So right there, that is a very intriguing matchup with those two. Um, I do think Arkansas has a good defense. I think Ole Miss has a good offense. But it's which one of the weaker links that people think? Arkansas's offense against Ole Miss's defense. Who's going to rise to the occasion? And I do believe the Rebels are going to come out on top there. Notre Dame minus three over Virginia Tech. I want to see where this line goes. Um, you know, a first loss can be very demoralizing for a team or can wake them up. I don't know how Notre Dame will respond. I know Virginia Tech sh- struggles on offense. Defensively, they are decent. I think this is another low-scoring affair. But I, I think that Notre Dame will be able to prevail uh, in Blacksburg. Iowa minus two over Penn State. Listen, it's no, it's no 
secret that I like the Nittany Lions. But in this game, Iowa's the better football team. I want to see where this line goes, but I am leaning minus two Iowa right now. And I think if you're in Iowa better, I think I get it now because I think it'll only go up. Iowa is – Iowa struggles throwing the football. But they have a really good running back in Tyler Goodson. Um, Penn State struggled to contain the, 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 the duo backs of Auburn. I think that Penn State will struggle a little bit on the run. If they start struggling a little bit on the run, I think that will open up the pass for Iowa. Iowa's defense is very good, especially in the secondary. I think that might spell um, spell trouble for Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford has done very well this season. I'm not saying he's due for a bad game, but with these corners and safeties, I think it's going to be very tough for Sean Clifford to throw the ball. Penn State does have a good receiving core, but Clifford's going to have to come to play. But no, I, I do think Iowa minus two is the good thing, is the safe bet here. And I think you get it now because I think it goes up a bit. Alabama minus 17 over Texas A&M. Listen, Texas A&M's offense is bad. It is bad. I know 17 is a lot of points, but I I think Bama I think Bama wins by 17. I think Bama beats up Texas A&M just because that Texas A&M defense is going to be on the field constantly. And it's going to wear them down and that's where Bama's going to be up by 10 at the half and then put up a couple more touchdowns in the second half, wear them down. Uh, fourth quarter touchdown to go up by 20-some, you know, or, you know, 21, 27, and then game's over. All right. Here's my underdog of the week. Uh, I like Nebraska plus three and a half over Michigan. I think Nebraska's defense is better than we think it is. I think they, I mean, they had a rough go around against Illinois, but again, since then defense has looked solid. They had some defensive linemen back. Michigan's going to try and run the ball. I think that that goes to Nebraska's strength of stopping the run and force Michigan to Michigan to throw. Also Michigan. Have they seen a quarterback that is as dynamic as Adrian Martinez? I don't think so. I don't think Adrian Martinez is great throwing the ball. But as far as a guy that can run and can scramble and can do all this, Michigan hasn't seen that yet. So I like Huskers plus three and a half in that game. And for now, for now, I like that. I like that line. I want to see where it does, but I do like it. And if you're, if you want to put a money line on something, I'd sprinkle that money line on Nebraska. They are going to be home dogs. Uh, before we get into the playoff, I want to take a look at the AP poll right now. Just because we have to do it every week. Um, there's a couple teams in there. Uh, let's see. We're just going to go through the 25 to 1 here. Uh, San Diego State, I'm fine with that. Some teams that are on the outside looking in um, that I feel like should be ranked. How about Mississippi State? 
I think Mississippi State um, at 25. I know San Diego State's been decent, but Mississippi State is good. Stanford has been good since that beatdown against Kansas State. I wouldn't mind seeing them um, at 25. Appalachian, uh, Appalachian State is good. Boston College just lost to Clemson, but I think they'll be back in there. San Diego State, SMU is a good football team. Uh, 23, NC State, I'm fine with that. Uh, B. Clemson uh, avoided the upset the week after. Arizona State belongs in there. I'm fine with Texas. Uh, Florida dropped. Florida's 20th. Um, I get it because Kentucky's good. Kentucky, Florida are about on the same length. Uh, I think Florida's better than Texas and everything. So, yeah, I agree with that. Wake Forest at 19. Listen, I don't know if they're the 19th best 19th best team in the country, but with what they've done so far, fine, put them at 19. I do like Wake. I think they're solid. I think they're good. Are they better than Florida and Texas? Uh, I don't know. I'm fine with Ole Miss, Kentucky, Coastal. Listen, Coastal, they belong in the top 25. I, I think they're a little high. I think they're still riding – coattails of last year uh Notre Dame at 14 that's fine Arkansas I'm surprised Arkansas is still 13th I think Arkansas needs to drop I think Arkansas needs to drop a little bit more just because um you know you just didn't lose I mean you didn't lose to Georgia you got killed by Georgia um so I I would drop Arkansas behind Notre Dame. Um, I don't know if I put them behind Kentucky or not, though. Oklahoma State with a big jump to 12. Hey, I'm fine with that. Again, they were the quiet, undefeated team. Eh, not so quiet anymore. Michigan State's at 11. I think Michigan State's a top 25 team. I'm not buying them yet. I'm not. Um, I think they've had some favorable opponents. I mean, no one's talk. I, I although I, I I think Nebraska has a chance to knock off Michigan at home. Michigan State had Nebraska at home and should have lost. Again, transitive property does not work, but still, Michigan State, yes, did really good against Northwestern, but again, or and Miami, and those those they're not good. BYU. I don't know if they're the 10th best team in the country, but again, who are you going to put there? They're undefeated. Michigan at nine. I, I mean, you have to. I don't know if their offense is that good. Uh, this is all going to pan out, but fine. Oregon lost um, lost the game there. Here, here's the crazy thing. This is this is why I hate these polls. Mich- Oregon and Ohio State both have a loss. Oregon beat Ohio State in Columbus, but Oregon's ranked behind Ohio State. It makes no freaking sense. And plus, these polls don't even – and I know I'm going over them, so I guess they do technically matter and people care about them. But these polls don't mean anything right now. They mean absolutely nothing until the college football playoff comes – The those rankings come out. Oklahoma at six, I'm fine with that. Cincinnati at five, I'm good. Penn State. I don't know if Penn State's the fourth best team in the country. I would honestly put Cincinnati and Oklahoma over Penn State. 
Um, and I would leave Penn State at six or seven right now. That's fine. I think Ohio State's a better team than Penn State. Right now, I I, I do think Ohio State's better than Penn State. Um, but again, you know, look at the resume that they have. I know Wisconsin's out of the top 25. Auburn's still in. But still, um, are they the fourth best team in the country? I don't think so. But again, who else are you going to put there? Iowa, three. Yes, 100%. Iowa's the third best team in the country, and I strongly believe that they have a deficiency in the passing game. If Spencer Petras can get it under control, that this team is good. Their defense is really good. Secondary is one of the best. Their you know, Tyler Goodson is an amazing running back. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum is probably the best center in the country. Petras has just got to throw the ball. He's got to throw the ball better. And they're coming off a, a, a monster win against Maryland. Uh, and then Georgia and Alabama, one, uh, Georgia's two, Alabama's one, which is fine. So there are the rankings. Again, uh, they, these mean almost nothing uh, until the real rankings come out for the college football playoff. But you know they'll they they say they don't look at them, but no, they they will be looking at them. So now, without further ado, let's get into the playoff. <laughs> All right, this week's list is brought to you by Odds Crowd. Odds Crowd has fantasy betting and leads that include over $30,000 in cash prizes when you bet on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place fantasy bets, not actual money, against real odds and lines. The most profitable bettors rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd just isn't betting fantasy contests. It's a social app for sports bettors, free to download. You can group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free. And when you're there, put in referral code BRAN13. That's B-R-A-N-1-3. That'll tell them that Jake sent you. All right. This week's list is best quarterbacks so far so we just finished week five and uh i just want to make a list of my top four quarterbacks that i have seen so far simple enough and again we're going to post these so you guys can uh vote on them so we'll we'll post these um on when wednesday wednesday and then the final thursday on instagram which is at get back coach and on Twitter at the GB Coach, make sure you follow us on there. All right. So first, I'm gonna have some honorable mentions. Uh, Will Rogers from Mississippi State, Grayson McCall, uh, Grant Wells from Marshall. I think he's having a spectacular layer. Corey Gamage, great receiver as well. There, um, another guy, Kenny Pickett. Uh, Kenny Pickett has been at Pitt, it seems like, for eight years. Um, And listen, Pitt's doing well right now, and Kenny Pickett has also been having a very good year. Um, He's been shaky, but again, he seems like he's been there forever. He started really young, but Kenny Pickett had a great year for Pitt. So, okay. Let's get into the top four. My number four, 
a guy that I think people have forgotten about a little bit just because his offensive line is terrible and he's not getting much help, but that is Sam Howell from North Carolina. Sam Howell is still a great quarterback. And honestly, I I think he could potentially be a a decently high draft pick in the NFL. Um, This guy's good. Um, Only four interceptions, 14 touchdowns, almost 15,000 yards. He's five yards short of 15,000 yards and has been sacked 22 times. And this isn't hanging on to the ball for too long sack. No, this is, I can't even settle before I am hit by somebody. So my number four, Sam Howell. Number three, this guy would have been my number two, but he had a really rough game last week against Hawaii. Uh, Jake Hayner. Uh, 2,230 yards, 18 touchdowns, only six interceptions, four of those coming against Hawaii. I love this kid. I absolutely love this kid. And again, he probably would have been my number two, maybe my number one, but um, he had a, just such a bad game against Hawaii. I had to knock him down a little bit. But Jake Hayner, number three from Fresno State. Let's see here. Number two, Bryce Young, Alabama, 73% completion, 17 touchdowns, only two picks, uh, 1,365 yards. Listen, he's been doing great, but he has lots of weapons around him. And I know I shouldn't penalize him because he has a ton of weapons around him. But my number one is going to a guy who I think is a better quarterback. But Bryce Young. I mean, he's doing very well right now. Very well. And my number one, uh, Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Ten touchdowns, only one pick, uh, 1,200 yards, uh, 69.6% completion percentage. Um, I know he's uh, flinging the ball a lot. I know that, you know, Lane Kiffin, he's going to air it out. But Matt Corral is – I think he's the best quarterback in college football. Uh, I know they didn't do so well against Alabama, but still only throwing one pick uh, so far this year is saying something. But anyway, that is my list. Uh, Number four, Sam Howell. Number three, Jake Hayner. Number two, Bryce Young. And number one, Matt Corral. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at the GB coach and on Instagram at get back coach. Follow us on there. Tell your friends. Share our posts. We're going to be sending these out on Wednesday um, so you guys can vote on them. <clears throat> so before uh, before we wrap it up, there was a, a late question that came in. Because um, last week we did all year all ears and we did questions. And I want to end the episode with a question that I was asked uh, by Ben Carr, avid listener. And Ben asks, Jake, who do you think the best quarterback is in the Big Ten West? And I tell you what, it's tough. It really is. Um, So looking at it, Let's just go through. Um, 
It's definitely not Ryan Holinsky out of Northwestern. Um, Spence, Spencer Petrus, maybe. He's good. Not Graham Mertz. I'm sorry. It's not Tanner Morgan. He's been there forever, and he just – I don't know. I think that offense is strange, uh, but I don't – Tanner Morgan hasn't looked good in, in two years. Italia Tagovailoa, he's shown – and I know he's not getting – I don't know. I know Talia is not getting a lot of help there. But I, I think – oh, Jake Plummer for Purdue. He's not been bad. But I think, again, I think there's better guys – or sorry, I think there's a better choice there. But I, I, I don't know. Because on one hand – I think it's Adrian Martinez just because of how versatile he is out of all those quarterbacks. He is the most versatile. He is, he can kill you with his legs. Now. Okay. I know Talia can as well, but I think Adrian Martinez has a better arm. And I think he has a, I think he's a better passer and he's looked to be a better passer than Talia. But I think I'm going to go Spencer Petras. And I know that's not a I know it's not a sexy pick, but it is very very difficult to analyze the Big 10 West and their quarterbacks. Cuz they're they're no one jumps out at you. Adrian Martinez has really good athleticism and can escape the pocket. Talia Tagovailoa is the same but I think he takes too many chances, and I don't think he's an accurate of, of a thrower as Adrian Martinez, which I can't even believe is a <laughs> – you know, I'm talking about Adrian Martinez's accuracy. Um, I do think um, – what's it called? I do think Plummer for Purdue, and now I believe he's hurt right now. But I believe Jake Plummer for Purdue – is deserves to be up there as well. But anyway, I would go with Spencer Petrus just because he Spencer Petrus is not going to lose you a game, but he's not going to win you a game. Adrian Martinez, yes, he is, can escape the pocket, but he can lose you a game. Um, Talia Tagovailoa, uh, he can lose you a game with throwing interceptions. Graham Mertz obviously can lose you a game. He's awful. Um, Sitkowski isn't great. Um, Tanner Morgan, I think it's the same with Petrus, but I just think Spencer Petrus is better. I would go Spencer Petrus for being the best quarterback in the big 10 West. I just wanted to make sure I got that little question out there. Always love when, uh, people who listen to the show, uh, give, give questions, uh, for me to say on the air. So if you have any questions, please feel free DM me on Instagram, on Twitter, and you know if if it's a good question i'll be i'll be sure to say it on the show well with that being said thank you all for tuning in and have a good one.